two scriptures in Isaiah 55 and then um, Isaiah 60. I'd like to uh, read from Um, Isaiah 55 verse 10. It says um, in the NIV, um, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Then it says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn brush will grow the juniper. And instead of briar, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. And then in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. And then it just goes on and on. And if we had time, then I'd read the whole scripture, actually, um, even in Isaiah 51. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. All of these scriptures, I believe, are going to be very relevant for this year. But initially, what we need to do straight away is say farewell to a few things from what has gone in, gone by. So we need to say farewell to every disappointment that's happened over the last 12 months. We need to say farewell to it. We need to say farewell to every offence, whether it's been committed um, by family members, work colleagues, whatever. We need to say goodbye to that because we want to draw a line in the sand so that we can move forward into the purposes of God. We need to uh, say farewell to every trophy or monument of great achievement. Again, sometimes when we have seen something happen in our life, we can put that up on a pedestal a little bit. And God's sort of saying, no, this is a new day. I want you to move forward. I want you to advance into what I have planned and purpose for your life. And so we need to make sure that there is nothing that we're holding on to, even some of the good things that have happened in 2017. Because we need to say farewell to these things so that we can actually then move into all the fullness that God has for us. We need to say farewell to every hardship, hurt, and any, in quote, horror story that we've had over the last 12 months. It's all important, these things that we need to say farewell to, because if we're sort of taking some of the old with us, 
then God is going, not going to be able to fill us completely with what he wants to do in this coming year. So we need to say farewell to these, and then t- we need to say farewell to the place we now have dwelt in over the last 12 months because it's actually too small for us as we enter into fully the things that God has planned and purposed. Over the last 12 months, we all know that we moved from the sixth floor down to this first floor um, because we were wanting to create more space for what God was wanting to do. And, you know, one of the things that God said to us was that it was going to become more visible. And I believe that that's what God has done. You know, over these next 12 months, I believe that, you know, as we fulfill the purpose that God has for your life and my life, I don't believe it's going to require major evangelistic projects that we don't have to go into Trafalgar Square and put up placards saying, come to church. I believe that what God does in your life and my life, what God does when we're together with the power of God and the touch of his heart and his life, his hand of his right hand, his powerful right hand coming upon us, his people, I believe that our light will shine just like in Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. I believe that that's what God is wanting and intending for this coming year. That in your life, in my life, that we become shining even greater than what we have had in 2017. That's why we need to say farewell to some of this stuff that may have clung on to us over the last 12 months as we begin to enter into the new. So Father, just close your eyes. Because it's just important that if any of those farewells, that you just put whatever was highlighted in that in your own life. Just say to the Lord, I I just say farewell to this or that or this other thing or this situation. I say no to the offence. I say no to any disappointment. Because, Father, I want to enter into fully everything that you've planned for my life and us as a people. Just very quickly, just put those things in order because it's just so important as we come into the new things that God is wanting to say and do. We get rid of the old. Allowing the space in our own personal lives for God to do what he chooses to do. Father, I just thank you. Lord, that you... Uh, in all that, that you did in 2017, all the great things and also the, the sad and disappointing things that we've had to work through. Lord, we just want to say, Father, I, we just want to leave that behind now. We want to acknowledge what you did, but we know that there is hope for our future. And we know that in every way that you have a spacious place for our us individually, but also corporately as a body of believers in this city of London, that you have a great purpose. And Lord, we just want to get rid of any of the rubbish which allows you to just come and fill our lives afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the scriptures that I had on, uh, or, or something that God really quickened to me when we came together to pray on Friday night was, 
you know, from Revelation chapter 3, where it says, I stand at the door and knock. Now, that was a letter to the church. That wasn't a letter originally for non-believers. It was a letter to the church. And I believe that God is standing at all of our doors, saying, knocking and saying, can I come in? I want to come in. I want to enter this year with light, just like we read from Isaiah chapter 60, that he wants to come and fill your light, your life with light. Can I tell you something? This year, the world is going to get darker. Different situations will happen within our political systems, within our workplaces, within different countries of the world. Things will happen and it will appear that everything is getting darker. But there's also the truth is that God is the same God today as he always has been. He's not changed. And he is full of light. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. And when we have our lives based on the foundation of who Jesus is, then we don't have to be worried about what is going on around us. Because worry means that we've taken our eyes, our focus off what God wants to say and do. Whereas if we base our life and we've got our life solidly on the rock of our salvation, who is Jesus Christ, then no matter what happens in the world, no matter what is said by people like Donald Trump or whoever, that's not going to shake our world. Jesus is going to be centre. Jesus is at the heart of everything that we say, everything that we do. It's not something that we're going to get concerned about. If something happens in our family, my father passed away last year. He is now, I believe, in heaven and rejoicing with his father. That's where he wanted to be. But you know, those sad things happen. But one thing for sure, Jesus remains the same. God remains the same. And the thing for me is that right at the beginning, at the, 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 the start of this coming year, we need to ensure that the foundation of our life is not based on what's going on around us, the political systems, the, 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 the situations with finances, whatever. Our lives are based on the truth of who God is. That's why we as a people put these things on your, te- uh, on your chairs regarding <coughs> the reading plans and other things that we put on over the course of the year, the encounter nights. We have an encounter night in, um, coming up in a couple of weeks' time. And, you know, one of the things that we've been praying about, Helen and I, is do we go and do a 21-day fast at the beginning of the year? And for me, um, I've done a lot of these things at the beginning of years. And I, I just really got a sense sort of saying, God, to me, um, that God was wanting something that was going to be continual. It wasn't something that was just going to be a 21-day period in the course of 365 days. But God was wanting us to have a lifestyle of, of where we're giving to God in different ways at different times. And so for me, um, every time we come to encounter night where we have a prayer for a couple of hours on a Wednesday evening at this moment in time if we can change it because I know Wednesdays is not suitable for absolutely everybody here 
but you know, we're working to find the right day and, and the right venue for these things. But we will be meeting again, but every time we come together to pray for an encounter with God and then declaring what he says to us, I believe it's right that we fast on those days. So that it's not something just for 21 days, it's every month when we come together to fast, to, to pray, we're preparing our hearts in the way God shows each and one of you. Now, personally, I won't be taking any food on that day, but I'm just asking you just to go before God and say, Lord, is it one meal that you miss? You know, or, or do you just cut out Coke on that day? But personally for me, I, I'm going to miss some food for the 24-hour period from the time I go to sleep on the Tuesday night at 23.59. I'll be stuffing my face. No, I won't. <laughs> but no, before I go to bed until the following morning at breakfast, I won't be eating. But that's me. But I'm just saying that I believe that as a church that we want to give God the greatest opportunity now, we know fasting, if you read in Isaiah 58, um, it talks about the fast is about reaching the poor, loving people. Don't make a big deal about fasting in that sense of the word. But all I'm saying is I want to give God the greatest opportunity for him to speak into my life, into our lives as a church. And so for me, I believe that God is saying for us, that on those days where we're coming together to, to pray, to encounter God, then those are the times where we sort of saying, okay, God, I'm going to give in this way. I'm going to not have food because I want to spend more time with you. Now, it, again, please, it's not about if, if you fast and you don't give God that extra time, then there's no point in you missing food. It's about giving God space on that particular day. And, and that's why I'm saying it's throughout the year, not just for the first 21 days of the year. Now, there may be other times, there may be other people who will decide that they want to fast TV on those days or fast media on those days just to give God that greater space, greater um, opportunity for him to speak in. And I really believe that as we do this as a body, as a, a corporate body together, I, I believe that there's going to be something that God is going to, to do amongst us. I'm, I'm really excited um, about this year. I think, you know, Helena is great at these things because she, she loves these words intentional. She loves this word intentional. <laughs> and, you know, I really believe that God is going to uh, encourage every one of us to be intentional in different things. Uh, in September last year, we intentionally um, began to get a relationship with Church Without Walls. And Andrew is a representative from that ministry. And we deliberately um, started to partner with them. It's their ministry that we're just coming to support. This is not a kingdom faith ministry. This is their ministry that we're coming to support. And a number of us have been out on a Saturday morning just to, to go and, and see and feed and help the, the people who are on the streets. Now, that again is a great opportunity, but... You see, for me, Isaiah 58, where it talks about the fast, it, it is about feeding the poor. It is about um, 
There's something that obviously Helena and I are saying about this purse for the poor. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, Jesus, when he went around, he had a purse for the poor. And Judas was the person who carried that and obviously took some money from it. But there was enough, quite a bit of money in that place. So that when the need rose, that purse was able to pay for that need. I believe that, you know, we're going to do something like that and we're going to have probably a physical purse that we'll put up here every single week. And this is not your tithe. This is something that maybe um, a friend of ours in a a different church is doing something similar. And we went to a church um, over Christmas and they do something similar too where over a period of six, seven, eight months, this finance is collected and then they give food parcels out over a Christmas period. Now, for us, we want to possibly partner with um, Church Without Walls, Streetlight, which is um, Helen with the, the, the ladies on the street. So I'm not saying that every time we put money in the purse, it may not be used for several months until we get a, 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 number, a, a little bit. But maybe we should just put a pound in per week or something like that. Um, please, this is where you need to go and pray. But if we all put a pound a week in, then that soon mounts up. And just think what we can do next October, November, December in the different areas. Now, it may be that there is people will come in from Church Without Walls during the course of the year. And it may be that they need a new pair of shoes. And that means that the purse that we have for the poor, we can use to go and purchase something for them. It's just something for me. I don't want just to be a person who just sits in this wall. I want to be active. And I believe the church, as a church, we need to be active out there. And obviously there's these two opportunities at the moment. And I believe that God will give you a lot more different ideas that as a church we can partner with. So the street light at the moment where in Brixton there's a number of people who are going to be going out on early hours of Saturday morning to, to, to meet with some of the prostitutes that were working out there. And again, that's a specialised uh, ministry, and if you're interested in that, please speak to Helena. If you're interested a little bit more into getting involved in the Church Without Walls that meets in Victoria, then please see Ruth or Andrew. Because, you know, we want to be involved, and even if that's only once every other month, I just think it's great that we're activating something of faith and light that God is wanting to put into us in a real way. See, this, this scripture, arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise and shine. Arise. That means you've got to do something. Because if we just keep our light in our own little world, then that light is not going to be seen in the way that God wants us to see. Every one of you has a different area of influence. And God, I believe, this year is wanting to see that influence continue to grow and develop. I want to see, you know, this place. I want to be able to put more chairs out because people are coming into that relationship with God. 
I want to see each and every one of you fulfill your potential in Christ. I want to know that God has given you gifts and abilities, every one of you. And I want to, and Helen and I want to see everything that God has put in you come to the surface. It may be that God wants to, um, you know, you have a number of people around you that, oh, I want to see them saved. Maybe we need to start an alpha group in your house so that we actually can begin to put some legs on some of these things. And the course, the alpha course is great at bringing people together around the meal, bringing people into to see a, a video which explains who Jesus is in a situation like that. There will be others when people do come into the church who are newly saved, then we're going to have to have people who are going to disciple those people. So we have courses that are ready, but we are wanting to activate you because we know that there's going to have to be discipleship in these places. Freedom course that we've put, that a number of us have already been on. Again, giving you opportunity to grow and develop in your own relationship with God which then will result in you being able to give in a greater way to those around you and to those that God is going to send into this place. I do. I believe God's going to send a lot more people to us. I believe God will send people who um, are, in quotes, uh, people who've given their lives to Jesus in their former life but are not yet walking with God. I believe there is a time where we need to call back the, backs, the, the, the people who are, are not church-going at this moment in time. There's thousands upon thousands in London of people who are disenchanted um, with church. I want our church and many other churches in London too because I'm about kingdom of God. I'm not about just kingdom faith. I'm about the kingdom of God. I want God to have the place in our lives and those lives that he brings. But you see, when you are fulfilled, when you are the light that God wants for us, then we take that light wherever we go. Jesus was with the prostitute. Jesus was with the tax collector. Jesus was with the the people in society that were a little bit off to the left. And I really believe that Jesus wants us to, to not be just a middle-class church. I don't, I don't believe God wants us just to be a middle-class church. God wants us to be a church of, that's real, that loves with a genuine love. I believe that God wants to release his power this year in a way that we've not seen for a long time. You know, every week I want us to have an opportunity, and it just doesn't have to be myself or Helen, or it can be Nathan and Naomi or Ruth or, you know, Tom, any one of us. But I want us to be a church where people can come in with need, with situations going on, and we pray for them. One of us, maybe corporately, but one of us pray, but we release the power of God into that situation. And we see those situations change. Some of them may be immediate, others may be a season, depending on what that looks like. But I'm looking for the instantaneous miracles. I do. Jesus, when he was walking around the earth, he saw things happen immediately. 
Who's in for this? I mean, this is about the power of prayer. This is about the power of God, not, not what we do. It's about what he does. And I believe that the church, not just Kingdom Faith Church, but the church in London, in this nation, needs to understand that the same God, the same power of God is at work today as he always has. It's just our faith needs to be activated intentionally, seeking God, intentionally praying for different people. And I want to give you, all of us actually, that, in a sense, push to say, guys, if, if you get into a workplace and somebody's not very well, pray for them. Take a step, boldness, and sort of say, look, you know. And it doesn't mean that you've got to get religious. You don't have to bring Nathan with you with a guitar. <laughs> you know, and it, let's get the atmosphere right. <laughs> but, no. And you can keep your eyes open and just say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Pain go right now in Jesus' name. Or whatever situation that you find yourself, Lord, give them wisdom in the name of Jesus. Help them to see the way through this particular difficulty. All of these things, I want to see the power of God in a greater way than I've seen for years I've seen, you know, I've, I've got testimonies where legs have grown. And, you know, it's incredible what, you know, God's seen. I, I, there was a, a lady a couple of weeks ago, I was praying in Kent, and um, I was praying against diabetes. And my understanding from a report that I got just last week was that she's completely healed. Again, it's just some things that, you know, we just need to take confidence in and be intentional and as a church, I want to be intentional and sort of saying, okay, if any of you do have anything that you want us to pray about, then please come and see either Helen or myself, Ruth is here, Nathan, Naomi, or whoever else you can find. There's people here, Martin and Sue can pray, Claire and Tom, you know, Isabel, you know, Leah. You know, there's people here who will pray for you. You know, all of us have the same power of God in our lives. So we don't have to wait. But let's raise our expectation and be intentional. And let's have our expectation high this year. That God is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine. And then in, the, in Isaiah 55, again it talks about seed. And, you know, Pastor Colin uh, about 18 months ago said that we need to sow our lives yeah. and one of the things I really believe is as we sow the seed of our life we give God everything then God then can water that seed and I just love this scripture in Isaiah 55 and I'm going to read it again as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it blood, bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. See, we're not going to get the bread unless there's sowed, something sowed. That's why sowing and reaping are biblical principle that I believe that God is wanting us to reignite in our lives in a fresh way. And that may be different for different people, but sowing giving in different ways and that giving may be 
you know, I'm going to intentionally ring somebody up every week and just pray with them. I'm intentionally going to to have time where I'm going to meet with somebody else and, and pray with them for half an hour, an hour. Intentionally doing these things. But then you see it says, so it's if my word that goes out from my mouth, it's intentional, remember? The word of God that goes out of, from his mouth is intentional. God does not waste words. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. We can have such confidence. But one of the things I want to encourage every one of us to do over this next few days, I want you to, in a sense, in Habakkuk chapter 2, it says, write the vision plain. I believe God, as you come before him, as you give him time, as you spend time listening to what he has to say to you, I believe that every one of us will get something from God because I believe all of us can hear from God. It may be a scripture that you need to write out. It may be something in a dream. It may be something else that comes in a different way. But I believe that God wants to speak something to us. Not just for 10 years down the road, but something that God is wanting to do in our lives this year. He also may say something corporately about the church. And if he does say those things, then please let Helena and I know. Because we would really want to know those things. Why? Because of this scripture. Because if it's coming from the mouth of God, if it's a word from the Lord, then God says it will accomplish what I desire and purpose for which I sent it. So when God speaks to you about this year, you can be assured that God is watching over that word. God is watching over your life. God is ensuring that what he speaks is going to happen. Because God's intentional. God's not going to say something that is beyond you. But you see, in Isaiah 2, in in Isaiah it says, you know, spread the cords left and right. Your tent pegs, it's too small. I believe this place is going to be too small. I believe there's a church, we we, um, are now paying a little bit more money for this place than we were upstairs. And we're going to then pay a little bit more in in, um, April. These things are just facts. But God wants us to have a space. And I want us to begin to pray too. And listen to what God is saying about our next step. Now we're here until September in this room. But I would love God to give us a place where we can have our prayer meetings, our encounter nights, our music practice. That we have space to store equipment. Things like this... I really believe that we need to be praying into so that God show us where we are to to have a more permanent home. And I'm not saying that we need to buy straight away. I'm not saying that suddenly we're not going to rent a different place. It may be that there is steps 
that we, you know, we take until God gives us something which is definitely a permanent place. But I, I want to I be flexible when God calls us for three days of, you know, to get together because something is on our hearts to do. I, I don't want to then worry about, okay, which building do I wish? Which room do we use? Do we have the right equipment in that place? I don't, I don't want that as we move forward. I thank God for this place. I really do. And that is a key that, you know, you rejoice where God put you. But I know this is not permanent. And so for me already, and I have done for the last three, four months, I've been saying, God, we're next. What, what is it? Do I need to do something? What, do I need to look somewhere else? Because I want to have a place where, you know, we can have equipment because some of this equipment needs to, to be replaced too. That's why we need to, to be heeding God in what we, he's asking us to do so that all of these other things come into alignment. But please, it's about people. Our relationship with him. And that will continue like anything else this year with a passion. I, I, I really believe that, again, we, we, God wants to continue to ignite that passion for him passion for who he is because he has to has to because it's his church to take that prominence but also as we've heard so many times that we have a passion for one another so no matter who comes into this place male female whatever that God brings them and draws them from our hearts to their hearts that we are full of love, wherever God sends us, whatever influences that we have, that we have that person in front of us. God, you want us to love that person as if they're the very person in the face of this earth. Just close your eyes, please. Father, I just thank you that you have brought us into this spacious place. Father, I thank you that you want to speak so clearly to each and every one of us. Because, Lord, what comes out of your mouth is so intentional. And Lord, according to scripture, you are watching over your word to ensure it accomplishes what that word was sent to do. So Father, I thank you for those names that have been placed on those cards. Lord, I thank you that you placed them on that prayer card because you've laid those people on our hearts. So Father, I thank you that as we speak over their lives, as we brought them to the communion table today, Father, I thank you that you are watching over your word to perform it. And Father, we are expectant 
to see answers to what you have initiated. As we speak these things in faith, taking hold of everything that you have promised. Lord, I ask you that you'll continue to speak to each one of us. Lord, we all can hear your word. Father, I thank you for the purpose that you have created each and every one of us to fulfill in 2018. I thank you, Father, that you have called us to different things, to different people groups, to different neighborhoods. You've given us different skills. But Lord, together, Father, Lord, as we just worship you, we praise you, we glorify your name. Lord, you activate us so that we truly can arise and shine. We truly can see the light coming into every area that you send us into. Being effective in everything that we say that you say and you do. So Father, I just thank you for each and every one of us here today and for those who are part of us. And Lord, I thank you for those that you've already spoken to concerning these coming weeks and months that are going to join in with what you're doing in this place. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.